Oh, gracious Father, we praise you, we adore you. Thank you for being our friend, our God, and our Redeemer. Lord, we come to you today, and we confess, oh Lord, we're not worthy of your grace. We're not worthy of your presence, but thank you for being here. And Lord, we thank you and ask that we will not take these blessings that you have given to us for granted. Oh, we implore you, O oh Lord, to help those who are in need, those who need courage, that they will not faint, those who need healing. Oh, Lord, give them strength to face whatever is ahead. And most of all, fathers, we're here today. May we be light to those around us. And Lord, may we be salt. May we preserve and not tear down. Help us, Father, not to be fire and brimstone, but most of all, to give you honor and praise and glory. Teach, teach us how to praise you. And now, Lord, we ask that you be with our speaker and that as we encounter Jesus, we may encounter him just not today, but every day of our lives. We praise you. We adore you in Jesus' name. Amen. I was working in town one afternoon Attending some business affairs I heard a commotion a couple streets over I wondered what's happening there A young man was running from in that direction And stopped just to catch his breath I asked him to please tell me what was the hurry He smiled up at me and he said I was trying to catch the crippled man Did he run past this way? He was rushing home to tell everyone What Jesus did today And the mute man was telling Myself and the deaf girl, he's leaving to answer God's call. It's hard to believe, but if you don't trust me, ask the blind man, he saw it all. Ask the blind man, he saw it all. That's what the Lord Jesus can do, folks. My friend, if the troubles and burdens you carry are heavy and dragging you down, you've tried everything you can possibly think of, there's no relief to be found. That very same Jesus that altered the future of a blind man, the deaf, and the lame is still reaching out in your hour of trouble one touch and you're never the same you'll be trying to catch the crippled man did he run past this way he was rushing home to tell everyone what jesus did today and the mute man was telling myself and the deaf girl he's leaving to answer God's call. It's hard to believe, but if you don't trust me, 
saw it all Ask the blind man He saw it all He saw it all An encounter with Jesus changes everything. As we just saw in this song or heard, the, the mute man, the deaf girl, the blind man, the crippled man changed. It happened back then. It still happens today. It doesn't matter if it's trouble in your job or trouble in your home trouble with a very important relationship or trouble spiritually in your heart. An encounter with Jesus changes everything. As we have walked through the book, the Gospel of Luke, these past months, over and over our young people and our elders and our pastors have declared that to be true. On Mother's Day and Father's Day, six of of us were vulnerable enough to share our stories of how God has changed lives. I hope that's part of your story. If it's not, I pray that it will be. An encounter with Jesus does change everything. You pray with me? Father, open our spirits this morning to your Holy Spirit and give each of us a personal, private encounter with Jesus. Amen. Today we come to Luke 18. If you're using a pew Bible, it's on page 743. The last week of Jesus' ministry is just days away. From some time now, Jesus has been trying to explain to his disciples what's going to happen to him. And as clearly as his explanations have been, they have not understood. And so we come in Luke 18 to verse 31 to 34, where Jesus is very specific with his disciples. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. Jesus is very specific. He ticks off one, two, three, four, five, exactly what is going to happen to him. And then we come to verse 34. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. The disciples, like everyone else, were so focused on a conquering Messiah 
than any other explanation was to be uh, rejected. They couldn't accept it. They rejected what Jesus said as utterly impossible and incredible. Sometimes when I think about it, I'm not sure that I would have been that much different. My biases blind me as well. But Jesus is laser-focused. It's very obvious that he knows all that is ahead of him, and he is determined to face it no matter what. Yes, he is Jesus, God's Son, but what is ahead of him is not simple. simple. It is a lot to ask. We must allow the Scriptures to inform us, for Jesus will, with all of his determination, still honestly ask his Father on the night before his death, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Not my will, but your will be done. That is his determination to do the will of his Father. Let his disciples squabble over rank and position. He, Jesus, the Son of God, has set his face toward Jerusalem and for the last time, even if he must bear it all himself. And then we come to the encounter, the outside-in encounter that we want to look at this morning, beginning in verse 35 in your Bibles. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside, begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Jesus is coming to Jericho, where he will encounter Zacchaeus and will rescue his final outsider a cheating, hated traitor. While he's in Jericho, he will deliver his final parable. And then he will make the walk up to Jerusalem, the last leg of his journey toward crucifixion, arriving there near the end of this week before the last week of his life. This final journey will be interrupted 
as he goes up for, to give himself as a ransom for many, will be interrupted in Jericho by a blind, begging man known, according to Mark, as Bartimaeus. And the encounter results in Jesus' final healing. Jesus' mind is on what lies ahead. I can't imagine what must have filled his mind as he thought of all that was going to be expected of him in just the next few days. But not only that, I'm sure Jesus' mind was filled with concern for those closest to him who didn't seem to understand anything at all about what was ahead, didn't even seem to understand truly who he was. But even though his mind is on what lies ahead, he is in the moment with his disciples and the people with whom he is traveling. Passover is approaching and the road is jammed with pilgrims. The gathering crowd that travels together is from across the Far East or the Near East. The festive Jews lift their voices to sing the Hallel. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, from the rising sun to its red descending. Let the name of the Lord be praised. And so they sing, unaware that this Jesus that they are excited to travel with is actually the object of their songs of praise, traveling among them, walking among them, unknown for whom he really is. Watching those headed to Jerusalem is a second crowd alongside the road. They are the parade watchers, curiosity seekers. They are also those who are too poor or too sinful or too diseased or too handicapped to make the journey to Jerusalem. Bartimaeus is among these, sitting perhaps at the back of the crowd along the road with his back against the wall and his begging cloak out in front of him. Hearing the crowd passing by, he in inquires what is happening, and some in the crowd tell him that Jesus is passing by. Before we consider the actual encounter, that is about to happen between Jesus and Bartimaeus. I need to identify with Bartimaeus. I invite you to join me, because unless we do, we will not gain from this incredible story. And I want to honor those of you among us who personally experienced the physical blindness of Bartimaeus, either partially or entirely. I am inspired by you and those who assist you, who make whatever effort is necessary to come to worship with week after week. I am one with you. But those of us who are sighted must work a little harder to identify with Bartimaeus. First, consider our lives 
those of us who are sighted, if we lived our lives blind. Think of all the people you love and the experiences that you cherish that would be so different if we were sightless. Let's suppose that you decided to go high into the mountains. And when nighttime comes, you lay there next to someone that you love, watching the heavens. They are laying there watching the heavens. Maybe even trying to describe to you you what they see. But you would lie there in darkness. The fact is that on any night when you closed your eyes to sleep and then in the morning opened them again, it would only be the same blackness. All the things that we take for granted, that we enjoy visually, Bartimaeus had never experienced. Secondly, consider the fact that all of us are blind. Without Jesus Christ, we are all blind. Kind mothers, but blind. Benevolent physicians, but blind. Wonderful musicians, but blind. Creative young people, but blind caring pastors, but blind. Contractors, nurses, lawyers, sales clerks, barbers, every one of us blind without Jesus. Bartimaeus is utterly dependent on those that care for him. He's dependent on others. And so are we. Who is God? How can he be known? How can we gain eternal life? It takes more than our wits to answer such questions. By searching, can we find God? No. We depend on God making himself known to us, speaking to us through his spirit, through our scriptures and giving us spiritual sight. We have this problem. We want to be independent. But in it, we go blind again. And so let's see ourselves this morning as blind Bartimaeus about to encounter Jesus. Maybe if we see Jesus' response to him, we will see it as his response to us. Amid the cacophony of the multitude's sound, a lone, disrupting voice grates against the ear. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. What do you think? Do you think Bartimaeus had heard of Jesus of Nazareth? The preaching and signs and wonders of Jesus had become the talking point of all the women in every market 
and at every well, and of the men who gathered at the city gates everywhere where Jesus had been. Everyone, it seemed, had an auntie or a cousin or someone who had been transformed by Jesus. Because of his situation, Bartimaeus had not had the opportunity to witness any of the Jesus' amazing miracles. Neither had he had the opportunity to speak to any of the recipients of the mercy of Jesus. But he had his ears opened, and his mind, the wheels of his mind, revolved furiously in his life of darkness. At one time, perhaps, he had heard one person say to another, telling them about another blind man, healed of his blindness from his birth. The man had washed in the pool of Siloam at Jesus' instruction, and he had gone home seeing. How could you forget such things? And so Bartimaeus, blind man, beggar, and to some public nuisance, is calling out for attention, specifically attention from Jesus. And then, perhaps to avoid a smear on the reputation of Jericho, or a blight on the joy of the festivities of those headed to Jerusalem for the Passover, Someone in the passing crowd tried to silence the voice of this blind man. Could it have been the disciples? It wouldn't have been really out of character. But whoever it was, they wanted to silence this needing individual who was seeking for Jesus. Sometimes we Christians think that coming to Jesus is only available to appropriate people and must be done in a precise way. Why do we think that? Our witness is surely decreased by thinking this way. It makes me so glad when I see the people of our church openly welcoming individuals who are coming seeking Jesus. And then every once in a while I realize in myself or in someone else that I know that we have somehow set up a hesitation of some kind, a, a barrier. And I am sorrowful and repentant for that. I hope that our church is always genuinely known as a church with open doors and open hearts. But the blind man sees, how else can I say it? The blind man sees something that no one else has seen and he cries all the more, the Bible says, Son of David, have mercy on me. This second shout 
of Bartimaeus is different than the first. The language scholars tell us that the verb in verse 38, when he first calls to Jesus, is the ordinary shout for attention. But in verse 39, the Greek verb suggests the instinctive shout of ungovernable emotion, a scream, almost an animal cry. Bartimaeus is desperate. He's just like you and me, you know. He's intelligent. He can be creative. Sometimes he's really funny. He'd make somebody a really good employee, maybe even a manager in one of the shops of Jericho. But he has a handicap, and that's taken away his place in society. Blindness and poverty went hand in hand in first century. And Bartimaeus is in desperate need. He is tired of being dependent entirely on the kindness and the mercy of others. But the most important thing in his cries out to Jesus, it seems to me, is his calling out the son of David. This is the first time in Luke that anyone has ever used that term publicly for Jesus. And it is done by this blind man sitting by the roadside. The Jews claim King David as their spiritual father and his son as their Messiah. In every other incident where Jesus was publicly recognized as Messiah, he asked that the knowledge be kept silent. He said, it is not yet my time. But now it is his time. And Jesus accepts the title and gives no command for silence. Verse 40 in your Bible begins, Jesus stopped. He stopped. Several things stopped Jesus in his tracks. The beggar's plaintive cry, the prophetic salute of Jesus as Messiah, yes. But far greater, I am convinced, is Jesus' recognition of the desperate faith of Bartimaeus. Can we put those two words together? Desperate faith. Faith gets to Jesus. Faith creates an encounter with Jesus. And an encounter with Jesus changes everything. I must tell you right now, whatever your need may be this morning, whatever suffering you are experiencing, in Jesus, God represents a face in the midst of our need. By watching Jesus responding to a hemorrhaging woman, a grieving centurion, a widow's dead son, a demon-possessed boy, or an old blind man, 
we learn how God really feels about suffering. And since we all suffer from time to time at least by spiritual blindness, shouldn't we be desperate as well? Shouldn't we be seeking Jesus by our own desperate faith? So let's consider the dynamics of this desperate faith encounter with Jesus as it gets specific between him and Bartimaeus. Verse 40 in your Bible says, Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. In Mark chapter 10, the other gospel that records this story, the account is a little clearer focus for us. It says, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, Jesus is calling you. Cheer up is an emotional response that Bartimaeus was sure he had buried forever long ago. Many times, those very same words have been used by passers-by that then tossed the words back in his face. But never before had he heard these words of encouragement combined with a command, on your feet, Jesus is calling you. A serious call to faith requires an act of the will as well as an invitation to faith. And the information that Jesus is calling you tests Bartimaeus' belief as to whether Jesus' call is genuine. The call to faith is an act of hope that disregards the obvious and the usual. Listen to verse 50 of Mark 10. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Bartimaeus, in his blindness, has never done any of those things. The call to faith is an act of hope that disregards the obvious and the usual. The response of faith in Bartimaeus is incredible. In response to the word of encouragement, be of good cheer, he goes a step further in the daring act of throwing aside the ragged garment that has served functionally to catch the coins that are given to him and symbolically as a sign of his beggarliness. Equally bold on the command to rise, he abandons his sitting position as a beggar by springing up and standing as a man Never again will anyone look down on Bartimaeus as the scum of the earth. Bartimaeus stands ready to answer Jesus as a man and to complete his show of faith. Bartimaeus 
comes to Jesus. All his life, this blind man has depended on others to lead him. Now, although he is still blind, he walks out his own emancipation proclamation. What a sight it must have been to see the crowd spread out and open a path for Bartimaeus to come to Jesus. Jesus meets the ready faith of Bartimaeus in verses 41 and 42 with an open-ended question. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus says. He doesn't just heal Bartimaeus. This search for conversation is because Jesus wants to have a personal relation with people, not an impersonal relation with cases. Rabbi, I want to see, Bartimaeus responds. As you read the Gospels, don't you find that whenever someone came to Jesus and made a request out of their deep need, he always responded. But if they came with a want, he never responded. Jesus wasted no time in meeting Bartimaeus' need. Spiritually free and physically sound, humanly dignified. Bartimaeus is pronounced well and whole. Verse 43 says, Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. Receiving the miracle healing brings forth praise. An outside beggar becomes an inside disciple. It is outside in. A squatter at the sidelines becomes a pilgrim with everyone else, living, seeing, walking, and singing the effect of an encounter with Jesus. And Luke concludes with this. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Seeing the miracle healing brings forth praise. So the question is this. Do you see it? A gracious, loving Savior on his way to his Calvary makes a whole disciple out of a poor, outcast beggar. If you see it, then you will come to believe that all things change when you meet the Master. Yes, Our encounter with Jesus, your encounter with Jesus, changes everything. From now on, you belong to him.
like a babe when it cries for its mother like a child i was helpless alone then i met the master found me a new day broke through all around me for I met the master now I belong to Like a blind man who walks in the darkness I had longed, I had searched for the light Then I met the master changed when he found me a new day broke through all around me for I met the master desire, Father, is to be found of you, to encounter you afresh, to meet you as our master. Thank you for the gift and the grace that you extend to us to make this a reality. And may we truly be changed. Amen. Amen.